Hey, good morning, everybody. I appreciate you. Hey, I'm excited about what God is doing in and through your life today. We're back at it. Part two, man, of a barren place called worship. Last week, we talked about how God uses the closed doors. Did you remember that? Have you meditated on it? Did you take some time to go back and really listen at the lesson that we gave, that impartation? I really believe that on today that God's gonna take us to that next place. I could have really taught this lesson in, in one moment, but just thinking about it and talking it over with my team, um, we really decided to just really cut it up and just really take our time and go through this lesson on the day. And so we're gonna be talking about how God uses the bitter places in your life. Somebody say, God's getting ready to use that bitter moment in my life, a bitter place in my life. Hannah was bitter. It says there in the scripture that she wept greatly before the Lord and she was bitter. We talked about how that scripture opened up where God had closed her womb. Not only was she bitter, but she was provoked to be bitter, bitter by Penina, who had, or Penina, however you say that name, my wife's gonna get me there. Uh, she was provoked to bitterness. She wept because she was bitter. She was greatly distressed. I wanna talk to you today and let you know that God is going to restore those bitter moments in your life. He's going to use that bitter place in your life to reach your heart. He's going to use that bitter place to turn it around for your good. He's already opening the closed doors. He's already responding to the knocks. He's already responding to your request. But then there are moments in our life where we just get bitter. For whatever reason, God wants to use a bitter place in your life today. I want you to enjoy this moment in worship today. Peace. Hey, we create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. I'm just excited about this calling to worship. I'm excited about the season that you and I are in. Why? Because I believe it's a great season. God is calling us back to worship through so many ways. He's calling us back. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the tragic events, those isolated events that can spiral out of control and God uses our distress moments. He uses those moments of discontentment. He, he uses those moments where we seem to be betrayed because people really don't understand that we're all going through. And then he uses those barren moments. We started teaching that on last week. A barren place called worship. The story of Hannah, many of you know about that story. She was barren in her womb, wanting to have children but she could not have children. In the Bible days, when a woman could not have children, uh, it brought uh, disgrace to her life. It, it, it brought discontentment. It, it, was, it was very distressing and shameful for a woman to not have a fruitful womb because her womb, her children represented her grace. Her children represented her favor. Her children represented an inheritance that her children would have for the rest of their lives. Knowing that she could not have children and being in competition with the other wife, 
that her husband Elkanah had um, brought her to a bitter place in her life. She had to deal with watching everybody else nurture and raise up their children. She had to deal with the competition of probably being beautiful, but beautiful's not working because you don't have the babies to show that you're really beautiful. Um, you, you, you don't have um, all of the other stuff that causes you to sit at this status with us. And so walking in a room and you're barren and other women are fruitful caused her to feel probably uh, insecure in some ways. What are some barren moments in your life that have brought you to a bitter place? Last week we talked about how God uses the closed doors how God will use a door that he closed, how God will use doors that, that life closes upon us, and how God will use a door that you and I have closed. Today I want to talk about part two, a barren place called worship, how God uses the bitter places. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. Father, I'm asking today that you will touch the heart of that person that is bitter. Father, that you will get down to the hard coreness of bitterness in our lives, oh God. Father, some have been bitter from the ages of 5 and 12 and all the way up through their lives. Some are still bitter at the age of 65 and 70. Some of our forefathers and our parents have died because of uncontrolled and unmanaged bitterness. Father, today show us how you can use bitter moments in our life to restore us, to improve this intimate conversation of worship that engages you and I. I want you to look right there in 1 Samuel uh, chapter number 1, verse number 10, and we're going to settle right here. God uses bitter places. She, Hannah, was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She, greatly depressed or greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. It says in verses preceding that, that she was provoked. And because she was provoked, she became bitter. Hmm. She was provoked by her competition. She was provoked by the person that was winning the race. In Hannah's life, she felt like her barrenness caused her to become second. It caused her to become third. She, she couldn't get first place. She couldn't get the gold medal. Every woman wants the gold medal. Every father wants to achieve the gold medal. There are moments in our life where you and I have to simply understand that God wants to expose the bitterness of our hearts. He wants to use those bitter places, those bitter moments, those provoking bitter moments in our life to restore us to a place of peace to restore us to a place where we can not be shameful anymore, where we cannot walk in condemnation. How does God use bitter places? Bitter places seem to deal with three areas that you and I, I really believe, 
This is going to touch you. They, 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 they deal in these three areas that I really believe that are relevant for today. What are those bitter places? The places of agitation, frustration, and grief. Bitterness is reflected through these three areas of agitation, frustration, and grief. I want to say it again. You're bitter because you've, you're, you're agitated. You're bitter because of frustration. And you're bitter because of the grief. The grief, the loss. The frustration, it's getting on my nerves. The agitation, the provoking thoughts in your mind. The provoking memories of what you don't have and what you should have. God uses bitter places to help restore you and I back to a place of worship. When we look at that first moment and that first reflection, agitation. Agitation is my response to what is being said. When we, when we go back up in the scripture, it says here, uh, her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her come on now this is this is Peninnah she she her rival the the other wife to Elkanah uh, would intentionally somebody say uh, intentionally uh, she would intentionally purposefully willingly do what provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. That, that seems to be so unfair. If, if we really want to talk about it, uh, it, it sounds like to me we got a, 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 a little in-house bullying going on. We, 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 we've, got the, we've got the person that is doing well bullying the person that is down to their last. Come on now, you know that, that this lady is, is, is hurting. She's wounded. She can't have any children. All y'all stand in the same house, eating the same food, going up to worship in the temple together, and she's the only one that does not have children. Elkanah looks at her and says, have, am I not better to you than I'm better to the others? I give you double. I always treat you good. But when you're bitter, being treated well is not what you really want. I really want the closed door. I really want my womb. I really don't want to be barren anymore in my life. So you giving me more doesn't make me feel any better. It really makes me feel bad because everybody else sees that you're catering to me. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where it seems like uh, you were being catered to because everybody knew you had an issue in your life? And because you're being catered to, come on now, because you're being catered to, you got Elkanah's other girlfriend, his other wife, uh, provoking you to be bitter. She, she's irritating you so much that you become bitter. Uh, she's, she's irritating you so much. The, the agitation 
of her response of what is being said becomes a place of bitterness in your heart. Have you ever experienced your mind agitating you? Have you ever experienced a situation in your life? I wish I could have and you should have done this and you should have done that. And have you ever been in a place where people constantly are reminding you of where you're failing at and people are constantly reminding you and laughing at you and agitating you because you don't have what they have and they know that you're trying to get to that place and you become bitter. Come on now. I, I think I'm talking to church folk right now. I, I think I'm talking to somebody that understands what it feels like to have God use a moment of agitation in your life that'll push you to pray that'll push you to make a vow, that will push you to say, Lord, if you give me this son, oh Rabbi, I'll give it back to you. Out of her agitation, she begins to pray. God uses bitter places in our life. Number one, he uses the agitation of what is being said. Are you responding? I'm agitated because I'm responding to it. I'm agitated because it's getting on my nerves. I'm agitated because I'm tired of being the good old servant and letting everybody walk over me and feeling like I am the doormat and everybody's getting blessed and I'm not getting blessed. No, 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 no. You've got to understand that God is allowing the agitation to turn your heart back to him come on now to turn your soul back to him if you don't leave me alone I'm gonna curse you if you don't leave me alone I'm gonna put some hands on you if you don't leave me alone I'm gonna say something but you responding in a negative way to the bitter places in your life doesn't make it better God uses those moments of agitation to get your attention. Number two, he not only uses the places of agitation, he uses those moments of frustration, my reaction to what is going on. Come on now, there is a response to what is being said, the agitation. Come on now, the, that, 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 that purposeful, irritating uh, moment in your life that you're responding to what is being said. But then there's the frustration that he uses, my reaction to what is going on. How are you reacting to what is going on? Are, ha, have you become so bitter because of your reaction? You've become so frustrated because of your reaction. You, you become so agitated because of what is being said. And now you are frustrated because of what somebody has said. I, my wife gets on me all the time. Baby, they, can, they have a right to say it and you have a right to ignore it. I don't need you to analyze me right now, Pastor Cheney. I don't need you to give me no counseling. I really want to be mad at what they said. I'm frustrated because I can't change what they said. I'm frustrated because I can't get to them for what they said. I'm frustrated because they don't really care what they said to me. They don't care that they're hurting my feelings. They don't care that they're talking about me. They don't care that they're breaking up my family. They don't care that I'm crying at night and I'm frustrated and I am reacting to what is going on. What's going on? What's going on? They're jealous of you. Oh, Rabbi. Uh, uh, uh. They're purposely coming after you to destroy your peace. And because you respond to it and you react to it, it causes you to become bitter. Oh, Rabbi. See, bitterness reflects 
the agitation. Bitterness reflects the frustration. Come on now, frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated at my job. I'm frustrated at all of this foolishness that is happening around me right now. Why are you frustrated? Because your womb is closed? Or are you frustrated that they're laughing at you? Are you frustrated that they're talking about you? Or are you really frustrated that you can't get back at them? You got to look at this. Hannah was frustrated. She was frustrated. Because she was reacting to what was going on around her. And because she reacted and because she responded, she became bitter. But here it is. God will use that bitter moment in your life. God will use that bitter moment to to push you to pray. He'll use that bitter moment to cause you to shut down your phone. He'll use that bitter moment to cause you to go into isolation and consecration where you will separate yourself and you'll begin to cry out to God and you'll begin to say, Lord, why is it happening to me? Lord, why are they treating me this way? Why are they laughing at an issue that I can't fix myself? I've went to the doctor. I've done all that I know how to do and my womb is still closed. I feel empty. I feel barren. A barren place called worship where God uses the bitter places in your life. God is using a bitter moment in your life of agitation. God is using a bitter moment in your life called frustration. You're probably frustrated because you're not praying. You're probably frustrated because you're still on the outside and you're responding and you're reacting to what is going on. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated not because I'm not winning. I'm frustrated because they're talking about me because I'm winning. I'm frustrated because they're talking about me because I'm on top. I'm frustrated because they're talking about me because I got peace. I'm frustrated because they're talking about me and I know that I'm empty. I know that I'm barren. I know that I got issues in my life. I know that my life is full of hell right now and you're frustrated because they're telling the truth. Oh, come on now. Have you ever looked at it? Why are you bitter? Are you bitter because you really want to come out of this situation? Or has the bitterness driven you to a place because of what other people are saying? It's one thing to be bitter by yourself. But then it's another thing to be bitter with your own issues. But then you bring everybody else's issues into your own bitterness. When we look at it, Hannah had to deal with the mockery of the other person. She had to deal with the other wife. She had to deal with the competition. And sometimes you and I become bitter because we're in a place of comparison. Come on now. You're comparing your barrenness to somebody else's fruitfulness. Come on now, you're comparing your emptiness to somebody else's gain. You're comparing what you don't have to what somebody else has. Come on now, uh, what you don't have, they have, but what you have, they might not have. But because you don't see what they don't have and you only see what they do have, your bitterness becomes a place of agitated moments, frustrated moments, 
Nobody can talk to you. Nobody wants to deal with you. Nobody wants to be around you. I, I hear my girls tell me sometimes, baby, you're just a fuss box today. I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to stay off Facebook. You need to stop watching CNN because you're frustrated about what the news is saying. You can't change it. You can't make it happen. Why are you frustrated? <laughs> but God uses those moments in our life to help us. God really uses those moments to encourage us. It was at that moment where Hannah understood that I'm not only agitated, that I'm not only frustrated, but then there is the door, there is that bitter place of grief. She was grieving because she felt like she was losing time. She probably felt like that, that her life was incomplete and her life would never be whole and, and, and that she would never live up to being the wife that Elkanah wanted her to be. Even though Elkanah was proud of her and even though Elkanah kept saying to her, I love you, I love you, I love you. You can tell somebody you love them all day long. You can tell somebody how much you appreciate them all day long. You can give them money. You can take them for a ride. You can pay their bills. But because of bitterness, they will never see the good deeds that are being done. When you're bitter, you only hear what is being said. You only see what is going on and the grief. You only experience and you only hold on to the resentment of what you are going through. Bitter people respond to what is being said. Bitter people are frustrated and their reaction is always looking at what's going on around them. And bitter people, they use their grief as a moment of resentment, that pity party of what I am going through. Now, now, now I, I'm not dissing Hannah right now. I, I, I'm not dissing the text. I, I'm not saying that this is Hannah, but I really want to open this up and, and let you understand that even though her bitterness came from a, 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 a good issue, can I say that? Or it, it came from something that she had a right to be frustrated about and agitated about but really when you think about it uh, you're bitter because you're listening and you're being provoked you're frustrated because you're being provoked you're grieving because you're being provoked and 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 the person that is provoking you is causing it to be worse but see when you can't see your way out of it you'll stay in bitterness and then you'll turn around and you'll use that word that we always use, church hurt. No, 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 no. There is church hurt and then there is unnecessary bitterness. The bitterness that you keep staying in, you're agitated because you won't get off Facebook and you won't delete the followers and you're always following what they're doing and you're always trying to see what they're saying. Are they talking about me today? Are they hating on me today? Nobody's even paying you any attention. You're frustrated because you keep reacting. You're grieving. It is my resentment to what I am going through. Let me, let me just really pull this home for you right here. I got, I got about four minutes here. Let, let me pull it home. She was agitated because she was empty. She was frustrated because she was empty. She was grieving because she was empty. 
Can I ask you a question? Why are you bitter today? Are you bitter because you're in competition? Are you bitter because you're comparing your emptiness to somebody else? Are you frustrated? Are you agitated? Are you grieving because you're coveting what somebody else has? Or are you just in a moment in your life and you're saying, God, enough is enough. I am tired of them picking on me. I'm tired of her irritating me. Are you responding, reacting, or living in the resentment of what you are only going through? Think about it. You're not the only one. You, you, you're not the only one that has lost something. You're, you're not the only one that is going through something. You're, you're not the only one, but, but I'm empty, God. I'm barren, oh God, and everybody else has what I want to have. God will use a bitter place of agitation to push you to make a vow. <laughs> It says in verse number 11, he'll, he'll, he'll use you, come on now, he'll use that moment of frustration. He'll use that moment of grief. Come on, Gwen. He'll, he'll use that moment of grief in your life to push you to pray. It says, and she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son. Uh, I'm bitter because I can't have a son. I'm bitter because I can't have the career. I'm bitter because I can't have the car. I'm bitter because I can't have baby. I'm bitter because I used to go with him and now she married him and now she got his baby and I couldn't have his kids when we were fornicating. Oops, I'm sorry, forgive me y'all, but let's just talk about it. Sometimes we're bitter over things that never really were meant for us to have. But because we don't understand the moments in her life, we don't understand our barrenness. Come on now, she was barren and she made a vow. She says, but give, but will you give your maidservant a son? Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and a razor shall never come on his head. God will use your bitterness to cause you to pray. He'll use your bitterness to cause you to make a commitment. He'll use that bitter place in your life. I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, I'm grieving and I need to pray. Come on, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? Come on, I, I got a minute and four seconds. Come on, now. I, I need you to lift your hands. You're, you're agitated. Because you keep allowing your mind, to, you, you keep allowing your mind, the past, you, you keep allowing the carnal, the carnality and the flesh to, to, to cause you and to tempt you to, to curse God and you're bitter because it hasn't turned around. You're frustrated because it hasn't turned around. You're, you're grieving and you're resenting the greatness that is on the inside of your life. I know it hurts to be empty. I know it hurts to be barren. I know that it hurt, but there is a moment in life where God wants to use it to get your attention. And how does he want to get it? I'll use you to pray. I'll use you to seek my face. I'll use you to be more diligent in your giving. I'll use it to get your attention. It's called worship conversations, an intimate moment that engages God and man. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. Come on, lift your hands and simply pray this prayer with me on the day. Lord, will you allow the frustration, the agitation, and the grief in my life 
to be transferred into a place of worship, a conversation, a prayer, a commitment, a rededication. Father, my prayer is that you will reach us in the bitter places of our life that you will reach mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, brothers and sisters in their bitter places in life, that you will restore our families, that you will restore us. And as you use the bitter places in our life, that you'll call us into a place of worship, a dedicated, a consecrated, an intimate moment that engages God and man. I want you to take some time and sow your seed on today. Remember your $21 survival seed. This is really good. This is why I really want you to prepare to sow this consecrated seed because God wants to speak to you. God wants to use, he wants to use a seed to break bitterness in your life. He wants to use a moment of prayer to break bitterness in your life. He wants you to make a commitment that will break bitterness in your life. Whatever you need to do, to allow God to break the bitterness in your life. I want you to commit to it. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a great day. I'll see you next week. Peace. Man, I pray that this moment in worship is really changing your life. There are moments when I'm preaching, I, I really ask the question, are they getting it? Is, is it on point? Am I taking my time? Are people being saved? Are people being delivered? And I know I'm not the hooping preacher and, you know, I don't change the keys and all of that other stuff. But I really believe that the grace that God has placed on the Rock Church is that he's given us the ability to just simply teach. Uh, we, 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 we go through those moments where we preach. Yeah, we do. But I, I pray it is my prayer that each and every one of you are learning something that that God is really dealing with your heart, that you're being called into an intimate moment that engages you and God, God and you, God and man. A bitter place that God wants to use. I want you to think about those places in your life that you're agitated because of your response to what is being said. I want you to look at the frustration in your life. Why am I frustrated? I know that I'm barren right now. I know that, that God has closed some doors. Life has closed some doors. I know that I've closed some doors for whatever reason. Those closed doors have brought about agitation. They brought frustration in my life. The grief of not being able to live out a dream. The grief of, of not being able to be affirmed by my father who abandoned me at an early age in my life. Uh, that, that, that moment of frustration or agitation that you're hearing a loved one say you'll never be anything in your life. Your daddy want nothing, you want nothing. That's why you didn't ever get to college because of this and because of that. You're always hearing about your emptiness. You're always uh, hearing about those places that you're bearing in. And sometimes if we don't understand that God is really using that to push us into the safety of his arms where you and I can rest, where you and I can think correct and you and I can, can, can begin to understand some things about us will live on the outside of our bitterness. Can I tell you today, take your bitterness, take the agitation, the frustration and the grief, take it into the presence of God with you. Don't leave it on the outside. I want you to take it in with you today. I want you to sit with it. 
I want you to allow God to minister to you and begin to show you how he can begin to break open those bitter places in your life so that you're able to live free. You're able to understand that life is all you need. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm praying for each and every one of you. Don't forget, last Sunday of this month, $21 survival seat. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. I love you. Your life matters. Jesus matters. And worship matters all the time at The Rock. Peace.